0: This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. So this, this today, what we're going to be looking at is, is we're going to be looking at part two of the Thankful Project. We're going to be looking at, at a very simple idea. How do we practice the giving part of thanks? Like, how do we, how do we do that in a very real way that actually brings to life some of the comments I made here around the table? So we we, we, we in Thanksgiving, you know, we have that thought. There's those people who are with us in our heart, you know, because they, they're not with us physically. And holidays also, with that, it's this time where we miss people. And it's also time to, like, where we're confronted with one of the most challenging lessons, I think, of all spirituality. Uh, my friend Joe said it this way, you know, he said, Chuck, I have no problem loving everyone in the world. I just have a heck of a time loving my family. How many of us get that? You, you know? It's like we can love everybody, but, it, but it's sometimes those people who are closest to us that are actually challenging in terms of, of loving and, and thanks and how we, how we move into this idea of thanksgiving. So what I'd like you folks to do now for a second question, because this is the person I want you to kind of hold in your heart as we're going through today. So you can see that there's a very specific specific relevant way we can look at today's service. It's this question, is there an interaction you feel you have to brace yourself for this Thanksgiving? You know, it's like, oh yeah, that one's gonna be challenging for me. Maybe it's one on phone, maybe it's one face-to-face. Is there an interaction for you that you're thinking is gonna be challenging? Please share that with the neighbor. Our online audience can text that right into me. So please take a minute, go ahead and share that. And it it is important to understand that, that we do have those things. You know, we have those people where it's, where it is really challenging, right? And how is it that even there that we reach out, that, that we, that we find ways to create that table? I'm going to give you a line of thinking here and just, I, I think, I'm going to read you a story. I think it talks about this. And I want you just to hold it. Just, you just hold it lightly. I don't know whether it fits perfectly or not, but I think it's something that we can work on as we continue to remember what we're fighting for as we continue to try to be a movement of, of healing for everybody. For everybody. This goes back to a sermon I, I read by Samuel Wells, and he talked about how challenging it is when when you know when we have those people, especially in family systems, where we have sort of the black sheep, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Thomas Friedman called it the identified symptom bearer. The lightning rod you know, at the table where that's the problem. And when we look at that, it's it's important for us to start to, again, pull that apart as, as Christians and start to look at things more and more deeply and, and really trying to find those ways of love. Now, this is what Samuel Wells had to say about gratitude. Why are so many people ungrateful? And he's talking here about that person that we believe is the problem. They, they can come across as incredibly ungrateful for our willing help. What might that be about? Most likely because of almost every interaction in their lives is one in which they are the client and source of distress, while the other person is the benefactor and source of salvation. They are not going to be inviting encounters that reinforce such humiliation. The experience of being a problem solver can be electric. The sense of being a problem to be solved is discouraging. I like the ideas that are embedded in that, that, that that we can oftentimes look at somebody and look at them as the problem. And you just think how discouraging that must be for that person and how it really sort of keeps there from being a real relationship. And how is it that we can flip that, like like flip it in ways that, that actually matter, that actually take work, that actually take sacrifice, that, that really call us to something different. I love, love, love this quote by St. Francis because I think it's just so true. Remember that when you leave this earth, you can't take with you, um, should say nothing, should take with you nothing that you have received, but only what you have given. You can't take what you've received. You can only take with you what you've given. And that's interesting to me. And what is it that we can give? What is it that we can give each other in times like these, in thanksgiving? Uh, what is it that that can be? Well, maybe it's just this very simple concept of humble listening. Listen to this beautiful passage. This is from the Sermon on the Mount. This is Matthew 7. I preached on it a couple of years ago, but I wanted to pull it back out because I think it's so good. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Ask, seek, knock. For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks the door will be open. Which of you, if his child asks for a bread, will give him a stone? Or if they ask for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law And the prophets. Again, talking about asking, seeking, and knocking. Look at the passage here, folks. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be open. There's a number of ways I think we could look at that. I used to look at that sort of like Santa Claus in the Willow Grove Mall. You know, in other words, like, my job was to ask God, like, sit up on Santa's lap. You know, God was sort of over there all alone. My job was to go up, sit on God's lap, and that he would then bestow a gift to me, just like a Santa Claus view of God. And I'm starting to see this more and more differently. It's not just ask, seek, and knock to God. It's ask, seek, and knock to each other. It's not just about God. It's about doing it with each other. That part, that part of asking, seeking and knocking, not just as gifts with kind of God up there, but, but like going to God with a heart of God, make me a bigger gift giver. Help me to give good gifts, not the gift where I am the solution and I can find the person who's all whatever And somehow give them a solution. That's very discouraging. But God, help me to turn it. Help me to turn it. Help me to ask, seek, and knock. Now, as our singers come out for this middle song, as our singers come out for this middle song, let's really think about what that means. What does it mean to ask, to seek, and knock in a way that actually inverts relationship? In a way that actually pulls gratitude in? In a way, as Barry Haldeman preached on very famously here six years ago, that moves Thanksgiving from Thanksgiving back to Thanksgiving. A place where we can see, again, everyone here, angels, angels to each other. What a beautiful song and, and that idea of in the arms of an angel. And it's fun, of course, you know, being backstage and listening to a beautiful song and reading. And, and like we all have these family relationships and relationships around the table. i got to share one funny one with you. One person texted and said, said their, their concern is that their wife will give birth on Thanksgiving Day. wonder who we're talking about there. Um, and, and it's, it's sweet too, right? Because, because we love those people. We love those people. We love them. And, and how, do we, how do we hold all that? Like how do we come back to the rule, the reign, the sovereignty of love? New church is really clear. The only truth in the world that matters that actually is, is the truth that arises from love. That's it. Well, we can experience that. We can feel it. And I I think, again, it's really important to ask the question, well, what might that look like? Like like even to find love and concern in very hard places. Compassion, empathy in very hard places. So I want to share with you a beautiful video where you see a judge manage to do just that. Take a look at this video.
1: Inside the county courthouse in Fayetteville, North Carolina, Judge Lou Oliveira made headlines with an unusual decision.
0: You may be seated.
1: A few years ago, Joe Cerna was arrested for drunk driving. As part of his probation, he wasn't allowed to drink. So when he lied about a recent urine test, the judge felt he had no choice.
0: I gave Joe a night in jail because he had to be
1: held accountable. It was just one night. But as he entered the cell, Joe says he knew it would be one of the longest nights of his life. When I walked into the jail cell and they closed the door behind me, I started feeling this um, anxiety. It came back? It came back. A flashback. Retired Army Sergeant First Class Joe Cerna did three tours in Afghanistan and has two Purple Hearts to show for it. The Green Beret survived an IED and a suicide bomber. But he says his scariest moment was the night he was riding in a truck with three other soldiers. What happened? We were, we were following the, the creek, and uh, the road gave way. And um, the vehicle went into the creek. Trucks started filling with water? Yeah. All hope was lost. Trapped and unable to move, Joe felt the water rising, past his legs, then waist and neck, until finally it stopped at his chin. How many guys got out of that truck? Alive? Yeah. Just me. I was a sole survivor. Joe says it still haunts him. So I suffer from PTSD. Among his issues? A fear of being in small, cramped places.
0: I knew what Joe was going through. And I knew Joe's history. And he had to be held accountable. But I just felt I had to go with him. I felt I had to go with him.
1: And so, a few minutes after Joe was locked up, Judge Lou Oliveira surprised the man he sent to jail by joining him for the entire night.
0: We ate meatloaf, and uh, we talked about a lot of things. We talked about our families.
1: And the walls got further
0: apart. The walls just got, they they, they didn't exist anymore. He brought me back to North Carolina. From being in a truck in Afghanistan. That meant
1: so much to me, sir. This past week, Joe promised the judge no more mess-ups. I don't
0: want to let you down. ever.
1: It's not how law and order usually works. But sometimes jail is not what a man needs. Sometimes the best sentence is compassion. Thank you for breathing me. No, you
0: got it. You took care of me, too. So we got to something else to do. powerful video. Powerful video. What happened to those walls, folks? What did they say happened to those walls? Somebody can just shout it out. They disappear. Disappear. They disappear. I mean, I, it just gets me... I've seen that 40 times. I still get conflumped every time I see it. Because <laughs> I, I, I think about that man going into that jail cell and all the fear and the anxiety and the worry and the full-body reaction... Two minutes later, in walks this big bear of a judge, and they eat meatloaf together. (laughs) That's remarkable. That's the world Christians can choose to live into, that we Muslims, Christians, non believers, secular humanists, the whole kid and caboodle, that's the world that we can choose to live into. I think that world where we can have accountability, compassion, we can have all these things that go together beautifully is a choice. I love these words again by Samuel Wells where he talks about what it means to work with. And that's what you saw this judge doing. You saw this judge working with. This process, it moves as a slow, unexciting, open-ended process. Please say the B and the W there. Open-ended process focused on being with as a servant, not leader requires genuine, serious, and sustained interaction that listens. Like, I love those words here. Like genuine, serious, sustained interaction that doesn't tell, but listens. But listens. It engages others in their own redemption rather than deciding for them. It places those being served at the very heart of giving. And it gets this, and this is from the book Divine Providence written by Emanuel Swedenborg. Any predestination, but but predestination to heaven is contrary to divine love, which is infinite. What happens simply as you look at these words here then is my agenda, my agenda shifts to your needs and I can, we can do that in a way where, where we're not trying to imagine what your needs are we're not trying to sort of like, like figure that out it, from a place of just knowing it ourselves, we're able to discover it, we're able to reach out and discover and that's hard work that takes that table I mean, the table's a big deal The table's a big deal. As we reach out and we do that, I think, again, we can ask the question, you know, what can we give this Thanksgiving? And think of that for yourself. You know, we started out the service saying, you know, who we'd missed and we looked at, you know, this is where the relationship is strained. Maybe there's something, a giving that can happen there. I I don't know. But maybe there's a piece where we can at least start to ask that question. I I think so much, you know, with the holidays, you know, we tend to look at this, you know, we can ask this Thanksgiving, we can ask, we can ask, we can seek, we can knock. That's what we really can give. Notice that I didn't say information or answers. It's it's what I can give as I can ask, I can seek and I can knock. Because we, we think of Thanksgiving, right, as, as being a beautiful time, and it is. But we also tend to get kind of lost in a Norman Rockwell view of what Thanksgiving actually is like. By the way, a little aside, I, I was reading a mathematician who estimated the, the pounds of that turkey, and he said there's no way Grandma could hold it out there that long. <laughs> like, think about it. You'd be like, whoa, You know, maybe maybe the person, like, you know, I, I like using this. So I've used it a bunch. Maybe the person, like, maybe we can be a little bit, is, is sort of the, the bozo on the bus there to the bottom right. Because, folks, look around that. That's like your family. There's people who drive each other nuts. But you see the person down there in the bottom right? Maybe they're just saying this. Maybe they're saying, do you see how cool this is? Do you get the power of this? Can you capture the table? Blessed, broken, shared. That's what the communion table is all about. Those three things blessed, broken, shared. Can we bear witness to that? You know, the sermon writing team gave a great list of things that we can give, we can give attention compassion, interest. This is a big one. Guys, as you're watching the football game on Thanksgiving, listen carefully to me. Eye contact. Honoring their story. I was watching yesterday, you know, a a, a post-game scene from a locker room, and it was a coach. It was a beautiful coach's speech. And he, he has his players repeating, and he said, You know, all our team meetings start with this I love you. In the end, with this I love you. There's power there. There's power when we can bookend our lives there and we discover a certain humility. You know, I've gone through this week personally wondering, like, what is a pastor? What do I say? Like, what do I say? How do I do something that allows us all to feel that connection to each other? What can we offer? And I can't offer anything. God's the one who offers it. And all of that kind of can bring us to a deep humility. I love these words by T.S. Eliot. You are not here to verify Instruct yourself or inform curiosity or carry report. Please say the last K word. Could we say it all together real loud when I get to it? You are here to Neil. kneel. You're here to kneel. You're here, here to kneel before the sacredness of life, before God. Not God who's asking for, for some kind of tribute, but a God who wants to join us in this incredible Journey of love. And maybe that is the better way. Not some grand answer or some grand pronouncement or like a cookie cutter recipe, just a simple commitment carried forth as Christians to be humble. Loving listeners this Thanksgiving. Maybe we can do that. I think of a of a wonderful story from a college from MIT where they, they had two big posters. One poet, and they were wrapped around columns there in the, in the main lobby, and they were trying to figure out a way, like, again, to have everybody listening to everybody. And It was just a simple list, like, these are my hopes, and these are my fears, and both sides, you know, answering those. And our lives, that's true at a national level, that's true at a very personal level, too. Like, we all carry hopes and fears. Humble listening, a way to share that. A way to move forward with grace, with peace, with thanks, and with giving. Thank you, folks, for joining us today. Thank you for being part of this service. Thank you for the musicians who just really did a wonderful job today. And we're going to close the service with a prayer. I'm going to offer a prayer, and then you have an opportunity to say your own prayer, the Lord's Prayer, as you know it, or to have a moment of quiet reflection. And again, if this week, if there's something you you know you want, lots of people have come to see me this week that's open, doesn't matter what perspective you have. You're more than welcome to, you know, give me a call and come and join. So please join me in a prayer. You'll start to hear some music building under the prayer as we offer it, as we close today's service. That's not supposed to happen. Just give it a second. There we go. Lord, thank you for your presence here among us today. And Lord, please be with us. Be with us as we find ways to move forward. Be with us, Lord. Be with us in the joys of life. Be with us as we remember again and again what it is that we are fighting for hope love peace connection help us lord to remember those things this thanksgiving help us to hear the rhythm the rhythm lord the drumbeat of our lives moving forward as we seek brothers and sisters to come closer and closer together, closer and closer to you. Thank you, Lord, for your presence here today. Help us to be this, givers. In your name we pray, amen.